Welcome to Buying Florida with Didier. Whether you're looking to move, invest, start a business, or expand, Didier will share with you everything you need to know. Tune in, learn, and improve with Didier and DDA Mortgage. Now here's your host, Didier. Didier with Didier Mortgage. And last podcast we discussed was credit. Well, this episode or podcast we're going to do, we're going to talk about funds to close. Where's the money coming from? What can we do? So let's go right down to it. Your down payment. What do you need for funds to close? What what do you have? Well, let's talk about the different types of loans and then we can go from there and, and break it down. You know, a conventional loan requires a minimum of 3% down. So 3%, if you do a $100,000 home on a conventional loan, you need a minimum of $3,000 for your down payment. And then, of course, you have closing costs. And on a conventional loan, the seller can pay up to 3% with less than 20% down. So there are the funds that we have there. So we're going to kind of address it when we get into it more, but we're just kind of setting it up here. So then if you have another loan, which is an FHA, you have to go with 3.5% down. So a $100,000 home would be $3,500 plus your closing cost. If the seller can pay the closing cost, great. Again, I'm building the foundation. So we go along and we go to a VA loan. Well, a VA loan is 100% financing and no down payment is needed. In fact, the seller can pay all the closing costs. So then let's talk about funds and where they come from, because that's really what the topic is about today. One, there is down payment assistance. I don't have it available. It's not provided to brokers, mainly just a big lender. So let's talk about it. A down payment assistance. People can apply for a down payment assistance. So if they buy the $100,000 home, they put their 3% down, You know, they can do the down payment where there's no payments. Uh, It gets forgiven after so many years, but it comes with a lot of stipulations. And they usually jack up your interest rate on the first mortgage, which really allows you to have less buying power. So the down payment assistance there, I'm not really a fan of it, but it is for someone that has no money. I back it up and that's your only alternative and there's no other way when we go through the rest of my numbers here, then you go for it. All right, because you want to own a home versus renting. And we know renting is just absolutely insane of what you're paying in a mortgage payment, no doubt, probably a lot less. And you'll compare that with the realtor. But anyways, we talked about down payment assistance. It is available. They have restrictions. I, some have income restrictions. Some have other restrictions. So you'd have to really go to the big bank to find out all the things that are entailed with the down payment assistance. So really, with me, you have to have a down payment. Let's go over it. So one, if you have it in your checking and savings, that would be ideal. If you have it in a stock account or mutual funds, that would be great. So if you can go ahead and get funds that way, that is a great way of getting your down payment. But let's say you don't have any money. And let's say you just have a 401k and you've been putting away for that 401k for years and you've got it built up pretty nice. 
Well, the first thing I'm going to recommend is you talk to your administrator. Talk to the, the fund that you have it with. Mostly, if I'm not mistaken, you do not get a penalty, right? They won't penalize you because you're buying a home and you have to follow their restrictions and guidelines of what they allow, but you have to pay the taxes on it. So I have a lot of people doing that where they just have been renting all this time. They don't have any money, but they put it all in their 401k. Great opportunity. It's not bad. Your 401k is your retirement account, but you're kind of deleveraging a little bit. You're getting uh, money and putting it into a home. So you're building up an asset value as well as your stock in 401k. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You're mixing it up a little bit. Now, I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not recommending. I'm just saying if you don't have any sources, that's not a bad way to go to get the funds from your 401k. But again, you know, if you have a CPA, talk to the CPA. Uh, you talk to the uh, administrator of the fund that you have to go over it. So besides me just telling you what I think, you want to get the expert advice of the CPA and obviously your financial advisor if you have one and your administrator on your 401k. So you do have that option. And a lot of people don't know that. So that's why I wanted to really go over it a little bit. So the next thing is you don't want to hit your 401k. You don't have any money in the bank, but your family, a relative, you know, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, mother, father, a family member can gift you the money. A fiance, if it can be proven you're engaged and you have that going on, can gift you the money. And so what does that entail? Well, we're going to get to that with the series down below, but, you know, we're going to, on a gift of funds, we're going to have to verify the funds of the donor, say your mom. We have to look at her bank statement to make sure she has the funds to give. And then we have to see the money leaving her account and going into the title company or to you. A less hassle step is right before closing, have it sent directly to the title company. That makes it a lot less paperwork and a lot less hunting. But yes, you can get it from a family member. And a lot of that happens. A lot of family members are helping uh, their child or sister or brother get into a home. So there's nothing wrong with that. And it's great. And, you know, they go by IRS. IRS, I think you can give 15 grand, but again, go talk to your CPA. And so sometimes people give more money, but it's really a gift where they're gifting it for the mortgage. It's not, you know, for the government. It's for a gift of gifting to your family and it goes towards applying for a mortgage and it goes to show that paperwork just strictly for the lender. So I thought I'd share that with you. Funds that have been be paper trailed. So we're talking about back up to your own money. We can't see large deposits in your bank account. We're going to look at the last two months. And if you're a salaried individual and you're getting paid and throwing X amount of dollars of payroll, then we see some other ordinary deposits put in there. We want to know what's going on. Where'd it come from? Did you sell a car? That's perfectly fine. Want to see the bill of sale? Want to see a copy of the check, the deposit? Did you sell jewelry? Same thing, bill of sale, copy. So those things are fine, but they've all got to be, they got to be documented and they've got to be processed. It's got to be all the way through. So really, if you can, just leave the money sit there for two months before you do anything so that your deposits are there because we're only looking back at the last two months. That doesn't mean open a bank account in September and then put the money in and then October, November, we're going to see you open up a bank account. You want to have a bank account that you've had 
and you want to stick the money in there, let it season. And if you have any weird deposits, be ready to address them. And it just can't come from the mattress to ground. You just can't dig it up and throw it in the bank. You know, you've got to let it be there for a couple months. Because everything we look at is the last two months. So they have to be seasoned. And that's really important. So I really wanted to go over. We, we talked about the down payment assistance, which I don't do. And to go to a big bank to get more of the restriction, things of that. We talked about that you can borrow from your 401k. We talked about a gift from family. It's okay. And we talked about paper trailing it. We want to see exactly the history of every deposit for the last two months. And there's, there's a crazy deposit in there. We want to know about it. You know, smaller deposits, you know, they have certain leeway on that. But if it's going towards your down payment and your closing cost, they want to know about it. So it's very important. Even when we do the non-QM loans, now you t- we talked about FHA and conventional. We talked about VA conventional and, and uh, FHA. But when you get to the non-QM loans, those are loans outside the box. Those are the ones that don't fit your normal guidelines. You may have the investment where you don't have to verify a job or income, but they're going to want to see that money. They're going to want to see the printout for the last 30 days of that bank statement. They want to see anything crazy. So that's really about funds to close. I hope I've been helpful on that. It's kind of a shorter podcast, but it's just to make you aware of your funds and, and how you need to season them and where you can and cannot get them. And so I hope that's been helpful. So a little bit of a quiz, if you don't mind. So if you've got two-month statements, but you know we're looking for September and October, and September, you know, you're putting 20000 down, and all of a sudden you got a 10000 deposit, and you don't really have an explanation. Is that a problem? Yes. We want to know where the 10000 came from, and we're going to paper trail it to the source. So really, people, just deposit it. Put whatever money you have, let it sit there for a couple months, let it season so you don't have anything to risk or worry about. And even in your non-QM loans, they're going to want to season the money. Crazy they're not looking at your income. Crazy they don't see the job for an investment property on the no-doc loan, but they want to see the funds. So that's important. So I, I hope this has been a helpful short mini podcast on funds to close, but we're going to finish up uh, next week about income. And we're going to really talk about uh, the W-2s, 1099s, the no-ratio loans, uh, your job. If you just graduated from university, can you get one with your new job, new income? And I'm going to answer all those for you. So I'm Didier at Didier Mortgage. I'd like you to visit my website. It's www.didiermortgage.com. I have a podcast section. I've got a video section. And the website is getting updated, so hopefully within the next two or three weeks, it'll be up and running on a new version. And we have a blog, and it'll have a place where you can subscribe. So it's in the works right now. But really, what I'm trying to do here is just educate you on buying a home. So you just got to look at the titles of my podcast and see what applies to you. And then on my, my videos that I have, they're one-minute videos. Look at the title. It might apply to you. You might learn something there. So please go through it. I I pre-qualified someone last Sunday, and they said, well, yeah, I've been going through all your videos. And so it's really a helpful tool. It's Didier at Didier Mortgage trying to be helpful, educate you, and working on getting you into a home and making sure we have as less bumps along the way 
and making sure you get there truthfully and legally and get you in that home. So you can itemize and have that ownership and build up equity and be a homeowner. So you just have a great evening, a great week, and I'll look forward to podcasting next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Buying Florida with your host, Didier. For more information and to apply for a loan, please visit ddamortgage.com. That's ddamortgage.com. Or click on the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Have a great day.